Hey everyone, thanks for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. I'm just always grateful for you taking the time to tune in. And if you've been following along for a while, you'll know that every once in a while, I like to pause the guest interviews and take one episode just to sit with you, just me, and to give you an update on what life looks like. Uh, Because when I'm listening to some of my favorite podcasts, some of my favorite things to listen to or when I get to hear the behind the scenes of what their life looks like and just add a little more context to the picture that I have for them. And also one thing that I really like that they do is whenever some of my favorite podcast hosts will answer questions from people that have either asked those questions on Instagram or wherever. And so today I'm going to be answering a few Q and A's as well as just, like I said, giving an update on what life looks like because What's so crazy is that the last episode with just me, like in this format, happened on May 4th. And honestly, I don't even know how that's possible. I feel like it was just the beginning of the year. And so the fact that summer has kind of come and gone and like these podcasts help mark the beginning and the end of that is just wild to me. But it has been a huge, huge summer for us in a lot of ways and also has just been very like low key and normal on a day-to-day basis. But yeah, I'm just excited to take a little bit of time with you today and catch you up on my life lately. And like I said, maybe answer a few questions. At Resera, they believe that jewelry should be meaningful. Every piece is designed with this in mind to serve as a daily reminder of important values, stories, or people in your life. That's exactly what my necklace is. I have this gold necklace that's a little circle and it has a dot, dot, dot on it. And it's a part of the Stephanie Bear collection. And it's meant to be a marker for this season of hopeful expectation as Scott and I are in the waiting of adding children to our family. And I love it so much. And it's been such a beautiful thing to have during this time. And I love that Rosera has become a partner of this podcast because if you shop their jewelry online, which I highly recommend for yourself or for a birthday or any holiday coming up for a lady in your life, you are not only getting a beautiful piece of jewelry, but you're also supporting a powerful mission. Rosera's mission is to employ and empower women of survivors of homelessness and domestic violence. They offer makers a living wage one-on-one financial counseling, food and clothing assistance, and referrals to free mental health counseling. So don't wait. Visit www.resera.com slash Nick Dutton or use promo code Nick Dutton for 15% off of your purchase and show me what you decide to buy. Again, that's www.resera.com slash N-I-K-K-D-U-T-T-O-N or use promo code Nick Dutton for 15% off of your first Resera purchase. I actually cannot believe that summer has come and gone. It's so wild to me that this episode is happening in August when, like I said, the last time I got to sit down with you like this was in May. And I mean, over the last couple months, I think even in guest episodes, especially the one with Scott, and I think I did a birthday episode too where I caught you up on a little bit of what life was looking like. So it's not like you haven't heard anything about my summer, uh, but just like 
a small recap, the summer started off so fun. Okay, so Scott and I took two of our big vacations and our big trips at the very beginning of summer. So in May, we got to go to the beach with Mitch and Lindsay, two of our really close friends. And then right after that, we got to go to Mexico to celebrate our five-year anniversary, which was so much fun. But the reality of this summer is that it has been pretty low-key. We've just been working from home and coffee shops during the week. And then I have obviously been recording and releasing podcasts with some amazing, amazing people. And then I, here you go, you can judge me, have been watching Love Island UK. It is my guilty pleasure. And The Bachelorette. Me and my best friend, Lindsay, will watch it on Monday nights. That has been one of the highlights for me, partially because we're watching The Bachelorette and that's really fun, but also because I love getting to just sit down and have time with her each week and it's very like low impact. We're just lounging on the couch in basically our pajamas, watching this show and catching up on life during the commercial breaks. And so that has been really fun. And then we've just spent a lot of our summer just hanging out with friends. But I was trying to think of maybe some stories that you haven't heard about my summer yet. And there's one that I thought would be kind of cool to tell you. So I mentioned a few episodes back that I had been invited to go speak at the OKC student conference in Oklahoma City. And this was a connection through grad school, um, but it was a church and a community that I'm not super familiar with. So I was so excited and completely honored that they asked me to go, but also was feeling a little nervous just because I don't know their students super well. I don't know them super well. And I feel a little bit out of the loop on all things like students and student ministry because as I was getting ready to record this episode, I had opened up Instagram. And four years ago on this day was when I had my going away party at Impact 360. And so Impact 360 is, Impact 360 Institute is a place that works with students, high school students, college students, and students who are getting their math. So when I was with Impact 360, I had a lot of interaction with students. But since then, I really haven't. So when I was stepping into this conference, I was feeling a little bit nervous um, and just always take that super seriously. And so I remember one thing that I was feeling really nervous about is that the audience would be made up of not just high school students, but middle school students as well. As I was preparing to speak, I feel pretty good about speaking to middle school and high school girls. I've gotten to do that a lot over the last couple years. High school boys, yeah, like I feel pretty competent to be able to speak in a way that's going to land with a high school boy because we're talking about college, we're talking about jobs, we're talking about relationships, all of those kinds of things. But in this group as well was set to be middle school boys. And if there is one group age group on the planet right now that I feel maybe the most under-equipped to communicate with, it's probably middle school boys. I just am not around any middle school boys. I don't think they're going to think I'm cool or funny or whatever. And so as I was praying and preparing for this conference, I had that in mind. And so we get to the church and Instantly, I have to say this, I was so impressed by the student pastor. His name's Joshua Dottridge. He's amazing. And Josh was just so, the the tone that he set for the conference was amazing because 
Um, I've gotten to be a part of a lot of conferences, whether as a speaker or even as a volunteer or a person on the event staff. And he had created this environment that was so low performance. So you could tell that everyone was just there and genuinely just there to connect and to lean in with the Lord more um, and to do that in a way that was excellent, but it wasn't like for show. And I don't know, just the spirit that he carried in the room and that that kind of trickled through to his leaders was just so, so palpable. Like it was just so strong. So that was already a win. And now it's time for me to get ready to speak. And I'm teaching on the parable of the soils. The whole conference, we were talking about John 15, abiding and abiding in the vine and what that looks like practically and how we can kind of make moves in our lives to abide in the Lord, but like what that looks like theologically as well. So we're doing all of this and we're praying and the students pour in. And I'm just like seeing these students that like I... I'm not old. I'm only 31, but I'm looking at them thinking like, wow, I feel so, so far from their stage of life. And I get up and I give the message to the best of my ability, to the best of what I feel like the Lord gave me to say, to the best of my understanding of that scripture. And I really did feel confident about it. And not because I thought I nailed it, but just because I felt like I communicated, um, what the Lord had for that moment. And so at the end, we had a response time where I wanted students to be able to respond in whatever way made sense for them. If that was just sitting in their chair and praying, if that was coming to the front and worshiping, whatever that looked like for them, finding a leader to talk to. I just wanted to make room for that. And that was something that Josh had talked about as well, the youth pastor. And so I cast the vision, step off stage, kind of move out of the way so that the worship team can come up and lead. And it was amazing for so many reasons, but I saw this young guy go up and kind of kneel down and he was praying kind of near the stage as the worship was going. And I noticed that and just saw him and just started praying for him kind of from where I was standing in the room and saw other students come and respond. But this was just the full circle moment was I saw this teeny tiny middle school boy. I mean, he had to have been sixth grade, maybe seventh grade, come up to his friend who was kneeling and praying. And I saw this young boy lay his hands on his friend's shoulders and just start to pray with him. And that was just the most powerful thing. And it was not a reflection of how amazing I did, but it did challenge my mindset of, you know, you you never you never know what to expect when the Lord is moving. And it just was a reminder that age really is not a qualifier for ability to connect with the Lord or ability to minister to others. And even though I'm sure that middle school boy did not think I was very cool, uh, there was something that the Lord had for that night in that moment where he was able to respond and his friend was praying and he was praying and it was just really, really, really special. And so... That is just like one like highlight of my whole summer it was definitely that event and getting to be in Oklahoma and getting to see my Mima, who I don't get to see very often. And even being back in a region of the U.S. where like this is so 
interesting, but like my bloodline runs in that area. That's where my whole dad's side of our family is from. And so getting to stand kind of in that place and speak into other families and other generations and other stories was just a really, really powerful thing. And then just the cherry on top was getting the privilege to witness that moment of those two guys just uh, connecting and just ministering together. I just, I thought that was like very, very, very special. So that was exciting. Um, and as far as with speaking, this is kind of the interesting like behind the curtain thing is I've talked a lot about how I haven't really done a huge push for marketing myself or asking people to invite me to things. I really have just kind of tried to be faithful to each invitation as if it's the only invitation I've ever had or ever will have and just give it my 110% and then to step back and just kind of let the Lord open doors as it makes sense. And so that was kind of the last one that's on the calendar for this year. So I'm curious to see if anything comes up through the end of the year or or even starting to build out next year. Um, But that's always kind of a fun and like somewhat tension of being in between and kind of waiting to see what comes next. Um, And even with that, like just this morning, I got a text from someone um, that asked me to come on their podcast. So I'll make sure that that is all shared everywhere once it happens. But it's just really, really fascinating to see how those doors open and when they open. And there are some stretches of time where there really isn't a lot that happens. Uh, And then there are some times where it feels like things kind of roll and build and there's a lot happening all at once. Another really cool thing about this summer, and this kind of leads into a big life update, is, okay, so my best friend Lindsay and I, who I've mentioned a couple times in this episode already, we grew up hosting our birthday parties together. My birthday's July 6th, her birthday's July 9th, and Mitch, her husband, and Scott are really good friends, and so they had planned this birthday party for us to have together. And so it was at our house, and um, we had just gotten this really cool patio set from another friend and had put it out back and it was just so nice and we were sitting outside me and Lindsay were kind of waiting for the party to start which is like fun and nervous and exciting and awkward all at the same time it was all the good things and so we were sitting outside just talking kind of waiting for people to get there And I opened my phone and I had an email from our landlord, from the person who is like acting as the landlord for the house that we're living in right now. And he had offered us or had kind of made a formal offer to ask if we would want to buy the house that we've been renting. Um, And he kind of listed what some of those details would look like. And that is another just kind of crazy situation because when we were living in Columbus long before we had moved to California, I believe we knew we would be moving to California at the time, but we just hadn't done that yet. Or maybe it was right before we found out. Um, our friends, Mitch and Lindsay, were moving into the very, very first house that they had ever bought. And So of course, Scott and I were there and we were helping unload things out of the moving truck into the house and putting things in all the different rooms. And it was just so exciting because at that point, all of us had lived in apartments. None of us had ever owned a house. So to see them moving into a 
whole house with a backyard was just mind blowing. It just, I couldn't even wrap my mind around the fact that they had a garage and a driveway that was theirs. Like it was just so, so fun. And even moving into the house, Scott had, and a couple of our other friends had to take the front door off of its hinges and squeak this refrigerator that they had bought through the front door, around the corner, into the kitchen, get it all hooked up. And it was so much fun. And so when Scott and I were leaving that day after we gotten them all settled into their new house, um, I just had this like deep longing that I wish that we could have a house. I just wish so badly that we could live in a house house with a backyard for Scout, with our own driveway, with our own garage, like all of that. Um, as we were driving back to our apartment, it wasn't that I was ungrateful for what we had. I just thought, man, that would be so cool to have a house like that one day. And it really took me by surprise because um, I hadn't had that draw or that dream really much before that. But for some reason, like leaving that day, I just had this like deep desire of like, wow, I wish we could have a house like that one day. So we moved to California, we moved to Texas, we moved to Atlanta. This is years later. And we are starting to look for a rental house to buy, uh, or sorry, a rental house to have to rent short term 12 months in Columbus. And because we were always moving from one city or state to the next, most of the time we didn't get to see in person the place we were moving into until we got there that day with all of our belongings because the rental market is just so fierce at that time that we just had to be competitive and just do the application, pay the deposits, and hope that the place that we were renting wasn't awful. And so it was the same situation in Atlanta. I was sitting in our condo in Atlanta. We knew we wanted to move to Columbus. We're looking for a place to rent. We were hoping that we could get a rental house because at that time we had never lived in a house. We had only lived in condos or apartments. And it would be nice to have a backyard for Scout, like I said. So I'm looking for a place for us to rent and one pops up. And like I said, you have to be aggressive and just move on it. So I emailed the guy, I sent in our application, I'm doing all these things. I'm looking at the pictures on the listing and it looks great. It looks like a really nice house. Um, and I realized that the, the street name is the same street name that Mitch and Lindsay's first house used to be on. And so I text Lindsay and I say, hey, we just applied to rent this house. Um, I think it's owned by a military couple is it near where you used to live? I think it's like must be very, very close to your house that you used to have um, because at this point they had sold it and moved into another place. And so I said, it must be really, really close to that first house that you guys had bought. Um, Do you recognize this house? And I was so shocked when Lindsay texted me back and she said, Nikki, that is our old house. That is the exact house that they had bought and that's the exact house that we had helped move them into. It's the exact house that Scott had helped take the door off the hinges and move the refrigerator into. It was the literal same house. It just looked different in the photos because it wasn't their stuff that was in there. And and actually, the people who owned it at the time had bought it from Mitch and Lindsay. So that was already mind-blowing and just exciting and fun because we were joking that maybe all the prayers and like good memories and good vibes in this house would be forwarded onto us, like how your mail gets forwarded from your old address to your new address. Like maybe all of that good prayers and all of that would be forwarded onto us because we'd be living in the exact home that they lived in and that they loved. 
And so we moved in and have loved it. And like, even in those first couple weeks here, I don't know if it was this house or if it was Columbus being back by people we love. I think it was more being back by people we love in a city that feels like home. The best way to describe it is I felt stupid happy, like so, so happy to be here. And now fast forward, you know, six, seven months later, and Lindsay and I are sitting on that back patio of that house, and we get an email saying that there is an opportunity for Scott and I to buy this house. So now, that very first home that Mitch and Lindsay bought, that I had those strong feelings of, man, I wish I could have a house like this one day, is the literal exact house that we are going to be buying. And so we looked over everything, and we met with um, an incredible realtor named Brad Baker, who shout out to him. He is a lifesaver. And honestly, I feel like I should have him on this podcast to teach us all how to buy a house because we had no idea. It's like so beyond us. Um, and we were able to work out an agreement that works for us and works for the current owners. And yeah, so excitingly, Scott and I are going to be buying our very first house at the end of this year, which is so exciting and nerve wracking and scary. It's all the things. Um, we have so many like thoughts about it. Like obviously we're beyond excited. I mean, it's just such a privilege to even get to consider to buy a house. It's a dream that we've had. I think I've even said that in other podcasts, like the one at the beginning of this year and on my birthday that like a dream this year was to have kids and to buy a house. And so, wow, okay, we're buying a house. And like I said, it's also scary because there's just a lot to it and it's a big investment. It's the biggest purchase of our life. And so that has been a little bit nerve wracking but it's also just been super special because this place is the exact house that Mitch and Lindsay lived in. It is this house that has so many good memories in it already. And we've even gotten to make our own memories in it over, you know, the last almost a year now we're coming up on having rented this house. And so, yeah, it's just super, super special. So that's one big up life update from our side of life. I know. Hearing ads cut into the middle of a podcast you're listening to can be kind of annoying, but I don't want this part of the podcast to only be me pushing products, even if I genuinely love and use them. I also want to highlight organizations and nonprofits and causes and people that I support like Love Does. If you aren't familiar, Love Does is a nonprofit that fights for human rights, cares for the vulnerable, and provides education in conflict zones. This year in 2023, Love Does is opening a primary school in Burkina. Burkina Faso in West Africa, an after-school program in Israel, as well as welcoming more Ukrainian refugees at their recently established school in Poland. And for the last 20 years, Love Does has focused primarily on building schools and safe houses around the world, but they've recently expanded their operations here in the U.S. to include a mobile food pantry for families who are facing food insecurity, refugee resettlement, and a home for teen moms. You might remember back in August, I had one of my close friends, Annie Laurie, on the podcast, and we recorded an episode called Love Does with Annie Laurie Jacobs. She is on this team, and it would be worth scrolling back and listening to her episode if you want to hear more stories and wins from the work that they've done together so far. And if you're interested and want to be in involved, there are a ton of ways that you can support Love Does, especially if you're looking this year in 2023 to make a difference and to be involved with something different. Scott and I have given financially to Love Does over the last year or so, and we felt really encouraged by the way that our gift has been invested in communities locally and worldwide. You can follow Love Does on social media 
at lovedoes. Visit their website, lovedoes.org for updates. And you can feel like you can do absolutely anything and launch an outer space orbit, listening to the founder, Bob Goff, on his podcast, Dream Big. That has been a huge source of inspiration for me in my life and in this podcast. So I highly recommend that as well. And I just would say, I love this place. I love these people. And I could not recommend Love Does to you any more highly. Like I said, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, some of my favorite episodes that they have are when they get real-time questions from people who listen. And so I have a couple questions that came in right before I recorded this episode. So if you don't hear a question, it's probably just that I saw it after I recorded. So I'll just like mark it for future episodes. Um, But there were a couple questions that came through that I thought were kind of fun. And I thought that I'll just take a little bit of time to answer. And as always, I would love if you had a microphone back to talk to me so that I could answer the question and then you could tell me your response. So please, if you're listening to this episode, pull up Instagram, send me a DM and tell me either in a voice memo or in a DM or in an email or in a text or whatever, tell me your responses to these questions because I would love to know what you're, what it looks like for you. Uh, the first question that I was asked is, what are some of my favorite songs that are on loop right now? That's a very good question. It's a very good question that I am not great at answering, to be 100% honest, because I am not very great at finding new music. I normally pick some of my favorite songs and artists and genres and just listen to them over and over and over. But I will say this summer, I have had a couple playlists that I've been going between. One of them is literally called Summer that I've built out together. And it's a mix of throwback alternative, which is like the killers and like kind of 90s, 2000s, like punk rock-ish music. It takes me back to my like angsty middle school days. And it also takes me back to when Scott and I lived in California, when he would go on his runs, he had like a little loop that he would run from where we lived down to the beach, across the beach and back up Beach Boulevard. And I would ride my bike next to him because I cannot run that far. And I would put our portable speaker in my backpack and we would listen to these like kind of songs while we would run and ride. And That was kind of like our go-to genre at the time. So it makes me think about that. Um, But then I also always have Casey Musgraves. Love, love, love Casey Musgraves. Everything that she has is in there too. And then just like in this summer playlist, I also have some older classics. Like, um, I don't even know what a good example of it is, but kind of like the older, um, just feel good music, like Beach Boys, that kind of vibe. So that is the playlist that I've had going all summer. And then this is not music, but I was trying to think of what would be another thing that would give you a glimpse into my brain and how it works. And so I was trying to think about what my TikTok algorithm looks like, because I feel like that's an even better glimpse into how my brain and my heart works. And right now I have it open right now. The first 
one is a video of a dog on a paddleboard. So yeah, I mean, I'm definitely into all things animals. Um, I, I follow um, this guy, his name's Tony, T-O-E-K-N-E-E. So he is so funny. Um, and he got diagnosed with lymphoma earlier this summer. So I've been like loving his videos and following his journey and everything. So I think my TikTok algorithm is a mixture of like humor cute animal videos, um, inspirational, and recipes. I'm definitely on that. Here's what a day as a private chef in the Hamptons looks like. I'm, I'm all about that. Okay, what does pursuing health look like for you? That's the next question. What does pursuing health look like for you? Um, this has definitely been a journey. So I had the dietitian, uh, Kristen, she was on a couple episodes ago. I had my coaches that run the gym that I had been participating in. They were on a couple episodes too. And yeah, this is such a good question because obviously with Scott and I's journey to become parents, health has been a big part of that. And there have been a lot of question marks of, is there something in my body that is not right or a level that kind of needs to be brought to help us be able to have children and to carry pregnancies full term and things like that. And this summer has been big in that way. I have gotten to go to my general doctor and get a lot of testing done, blood tests and such, just to kind of check my thyroid levels and things like that. Um, and through some of those appointments, I have had really good conversations with my healthcare providers about what does health look like for me? And I think that's one of the biggest challenges is identifying what health looks like for me and not necessarily trying to base it off of what it looks like for my friends or what it looks like for my family, but what does it look like for me in my lifestyle, in this age, in this body, in this time, and with these goals. I think everybody has different goals that they're after. And so right now my biggest health goal is just to be a healthier, healthiest version of myself. Um, and so because that is my big goal right now, and obviously to ultimately become a mom and get to carry pregnancies full term and then lead a healthy lifestyle as a new mom with young kids, teaching them to have a healthy lifestyle. Um, that's kind of my big goal. But this is, this is going to sound so silly, but even in this way, I've just been learning about how to pursue health in a way that is healthy, if that makes sense. Um, to not go overboard and over restrict or reduce, 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 or max out, max out, max out, but how to incorporate healthier things, how to reduce the portion sizes of things that maybe are less healthy and to enjoy them in moderation. So for this Coca-Cola, I we've been getting these little, like the mini cans. I think they're 7.5 fluid ounces. So they're a bit smaller than the bigger ones. So if we keep soda in the house, it's just a healthier option because it's just a little bit less in volume. So you still feel like you're satisfying that craving or kind of getting that taste, but it's just not as much. And then on the flip side of that too, just incorporating more healthier options. And so I downloaded this app called Noom, not a sponsor, would love for them to be a sponsor, but I had heard a lot of people talk about how that app was helpful because as I've been starting to 
take note of my day-to-day health more. I was just looking for an app where I could log all of that information because sure, I can put it in the apps note on my phone, but I'm really trying to learn about how different foods are processed in my body. And so I kept hearing people say, try Noom, try Noom, try Noom. So I tried Noom, N-O-O-M, no promo code, not a sponsor. And um, it has been so helpful and it has been so enlightening because Noom's whole approach, from what I understand so far, is to help you understand the psychology behind why you eat and exercise and move and live and choose things the way that you do. And I love psychology, love, love, love it. Um, So I've just been really enjoying learning about that. And here's what's so fascinating is they talk a lot about calorie dense foods and how there are some foods that have a higher calorie density than others. All of this conversation with the disclaimer that you have to pursue health in a way that is healthy for you. So I'm by no means saying everyone needs to download this app or eat a certain way or do a certain thing. Um, But in the app, they have been talking about the difference of a calorie dense item versus an item that is less dense. And they have this little quiz where you have to identify um, if a food is green, yellow, or orange. And the big thing is that none of those are bad. Like those are not bad. An orange food is not bad. It just has more uh, or more or less density to it. And so you're trying to identify, okay, which category do these foods go in? And I was shocked because I actually could not get it right. And I think it was just a wake up moment for me or just kind of an aha moment that while I do feel like I've learned a lot about nutrition, a lot about wellness, a lot from Kristen and other people who I've gotten to have conversations with, I still have so much to learn. And so when I was trying to like put those foods into those different categories, like I genuinely was getting it wrong, like actually failing these quizzes. And so that's one way that I've been, it's been a tool that I've been using for my health journey. I, I don't think, like I said, it's for everyone. Um, they say on the app, if you are pregnant or if you're nursing, that this is not, that's not the right time to kind of use that app for weight loss. Um, and that has even been kind of an interesting mindset as I was talking with my doctor about my body and kind of what my goals are for the you know short term. There is a little bit of weight loss that I would like to see happen. And that is not, again, through over-exercising or restricting, 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 but just kind of incorporating healthier lifestyle and healthier options. Um, and so that has just been such a huge, huge, huge learning process. So the big things that are helping me with pursuing my health right now is having an app. It doesn't have to be Noom, but having something where I can track kind of where I'm at, how much water I'm drinking, how much movement I'm doing. I I have a friend who uses um, a band. It's kind of like a Fitbit, but it's called Whoop. And that helps her to kind of track all of that. So that has been really helpful for me, having something to see my nutrition and health and movement in front of me having something to learn from. So my app is a big place that I'm doing that, but I also have people I follow on social media 
or that I am interacting with kind of, you know, on YouTube or whatever, those have been really helpful. Having different cookbooks, one of my all-time favorite, favorite cookbook authors is coming out with a brand new cookbook, and I'm going to try to get her to come on the podcast. But having something like that to work through has been really helpful too. Um, Just talking about it with my friends. Um, My friend who asked this question is someone that I'm talking about this with a lot, and we're just trying to explore what this looks like together. So having someone that I can have conversations about just a general awareness for the people that I spend time with so that they'll know when I'm trying to make a better choice, they can help encourage me in that direction, but also just give support and encouragement has been huge. And then of course, having just the the medical information behind it. I've been doing a lot of blood work lately and just getting a better understanding of what my, how my body is functioning right now and even learning more about my family history. So that's informing a lot of the decisions that I'm making for myself. Plus, I have been also incorporating uh, some different um, supplements into my lifestyle. And I literally can't even believe I'm saying this, but I have been taking beef liver supplements and I can't believe it. Never in my life would I have thought that that would be something that I would be trying, that I would even entertain the idea of because it just sounds so ridiculous and I'm definitely still someone who like takes their beef liver supplements and also is drinking a cherry coke while I'm talking to you right now so balances everything baby but honestly the beef liver has been really really helpful and if you're like what on earth are you talking about? Yeah, just do a little research or just DM me and I'll show you kind of where I started to first hear about it from. But I have learned that it's super helpful for hormones, especially for women who are looking to become pregnant and carry healthy pregnancies. And then it's just good overall for your health, men and women wise, um, with your um, ability to kind of fight off infections and things like that. So you guys... I don't know. Maybe I'm going crazy, but I am just trying new things and I'm excited to see where this will all lead. Okay. I think we've got time for a couple more questions. Um, Hopefully this is fun and hopefully it helps you feel like you're getting to know my brain and life a little bit more. But the next question is how do you design and come up with your podcast episodes? That's a cool question. Um, I've talked about how I do podcasting a little bit, but it's kind of one of those things that I think I, it's become a rhythm for sure. And so sometimes it happens without even thinking thinking. And then other times it takes like a little bit more energy or focus. But basically the way that I have constructed my podcast episodes are I decided at the beginning of the podcast that it would be really cool to really focus and kind of anchor this podcast in guest interviews. So obviously most of the content that you hear on this podcast are other people. They're fresh voices, fresh names, people telling their stories and giving their perspective on what more looks like in their life. And I love it. I get absolutely lost in the conversations, honestly. And so uh, sometimes you might be able to pick up on that where I'll just be listening so intently and just so be so in what someone is saying that I kind of forget to respond or to take the conversation wherever it needs to go. Um, 
But yeah, that's kind of where this podcast is anchored. And so the way that I set up conversations with guests is there's this whole email that I send every guest that gives them the details on when we record, how we record, tips for making sure that their audio is in a clear and understandable and um, really quality file, all of the boring tech stuff. I make sure that they understand that. And then I put together a list of potential questions. And so we always start with introducing the guest and then I like to hear a little bit of their background kind of what makes them them Um, but some of my favorite podcast hosts I love that they have definitely places that they're having the conversation go they have highlights things that they want to include things that they want to hit there's a purpose to the conversation but I really do love when podcast hosts are able to just sit with guests in the moment and kind of follow leads where they go, pull out stories as they come up, and um, just let that moment not feel like a, a job interview or like just checking through a bunch of questions. And so while I send these questions, I really, I always tell my guests, like, I want you to be fully in the moment. I will keep an eye on time. I will move us along if we get stuck, but I want you to be in it um, and not feel tethered to the questions that I've like put in front of you. But for every guest that comes on, there's like one big thing that I want to hear from them. And then I'll normally just try to tease that out into a few different parts. So if we're talking about nutrition with Kristen Bunger, then how do we approach that in a few different ways? And then I try to really think if I'm someone who's listening, who just tuned in, who doesn't know this person, who doesn't know a lot about their topic, what questions would I have? And so I try to make it to where then anyone can listen and feel like they're a part Part of that conversation. So that is how I come up with guest episodes. And then for these Just Me episodes, they're a little bit more wild and random, to be totally honest, because I'm still kind of playing with what I want that to look like. And so these ones are harder for me because I just never want to be monotonous or boring or even sometimes I worry about it coming across conceited and I don't want it to seem like I think I'm the best thing in the world and I just want to ramble for an hour and a half and that take for granted that you're listening. And so I I really try to be mindful of what would be engaging, what would be helpful for understanding me more, but also what's relevant to my life because that will have a lot more vitality to it than if I'm just like working through, same thing, if I'm tethered to a set of questions or a format or something like that. Um, So that's how I set them up. And I normally record a couple episodes at a time so that I am able to release them well praise the Lord, somehow, some way, we've not missed an episode over the last few years, except for a couple extenuating circumstances. And so, yeah, just always kind of trying to stay ahead of it. But I mean, this is exciting too, because kind of what's going to happen next is the podcast is about to turn three years old, which is just unreal to me. And we're about to step into season four starting in October. And every other season, I've had a really clear idea of what the next level for the podcast would look like and what something was that I wanted to try. Like for example, last year we went from having an episode every two weeks to having an episode weekly. Um, I changed the podcast cover art last year. And so I've been talking with Luke, our amazing audio producer, 
about some ideas that he has, but also um, have some big, big dreams for what that could look like and am always continuing to work through that dream guest list that I have. It is long and it is ever growing. So I feel like we will not run out of content at least for another year. Um, And I'm hoping that this podcast will just keep growing and growing and growing and that, um, yeah, this audience will grow and that you guys will be able to speak into it and we can build this space, create this space to be what we want it to be. So that's really exciting to me. I think the last question that I'll answer today, this is a tough one, um, but the last question that I'll answer today is what was a time when you failed? What did it mean for you and how did you move forward? The first, well, there's a few things that come to mind. I'm trying to think. There, Okay, I'm going to give you a couple responses. They all clock in at different levels, okay? When I was finishing up my grad program at Wheaton, we had these comp exams that we had to take, and that was how you got your degree. Like, you've done all the classes, all the assignments, all the things. Now you're taking these exams, and these are going to help you actually pass the whole program and you got a study guide and we had weeks to study it. And then you would sit down and in a timed like essay format, you would write your answers and then a professor would read them. And if they met all of the qualifications, you would pass and you would get your degree and the program would be over and you would be a master of evangelism and leadership. I studied, I studied, I studied and um, was encouraging my friends and my classmates and all of that, like we can do this. And I sat down and I just went for it and I felt really, really good about it. Turned it in, felt pretty good. There was, of course, some of the essays that I felt more confident on, some that I felt less confident on. And I started hearing all of my friends, my friends in the cohort saying, I passed, I I got all five, I'm all good. Like I passed, I passed, I passed, I passed. And I was like, oh, I wonder when I'll hear about mine. When my email came, I had passed four out of the five. So there was one essay component that I completely missed and needed to retake. And that felt very, very humbling because, like I said, I thought that this was something I was good at. I thought that I understood what was required of me. I thought I understood the content. And I felt really embarrassed because the rest of my cohort were passing and getting good good grades and they were done with the program and they were celebrating with their families. And I had to retake a portion of the essays of the comp exams. And What it came down to is that there was a portion of the question that I just totally blanked and did not include. And so that was all that was needed. Um, So the way forward was to study it again and to kind of dust off my self-pride and my ego and like go at it again. And it went just fine. And I was able to write the essay, include the information that was asked. And obviously I passed and was able to graduate with my master's, which is so exciting. But that was was such an interesting like mental battle because it felt so humbling and embarrassing and there was like this moment where I had to decide do I tell people like when my classmates ask how have you heard back about yours like how did it go I could ignore them until I get the good grade or I could say you know what I missed one of them and I have to redo it and I obviously 
chose to tell my friends because I love them and trust them. And so that was really, really interesting. And I think it was also just a good reality check that sometimes we just don't get things right the first time. And sometimes we fail and get it wrong and we just totally miss it. Like I just totally missed it. Um, And it doesn't mean that I'm not smart and it doesn't mean that I like am not worthy of this degree. It doesn't, it, it just means I missed it and I just failed. Um, and I just got it wrong. And you know what? It was fine. I did. I think I had a moment where when I first got the email, I think I like laid on the bed. This was like middle school. Me is what it felt like. I like laid on the bed and was like listening to like some like emotional music. And I was just like laying on my back, looking at the ceiling, like, Oh my gosh, this is so Ugh, like I just, I'm so frustrated. And then you get over it. You get up, you study, and you retake it. So that was kind of interesting. And then I know this podcast is coming to an end, so I'll keep this last one quick. But um, this one is probably the deepest one. I think, um, especially as we were talking about health earlier, one area that sometimes feels like I failed is that in the last year when we've had two miscarriages, I think I have viewed my own body as a failure in those ways. And I, I know we just went so deep so fast. Um, but it's true. Like, I think that I took my health for granted for so many years. And the fact that my body was able to do and produce and be what I needed it to be. Um, so when this one thing that I wanted more than any other thing on the planet, in the world, didn't happen, that felt like a failure. And even just a couple weeks ago, I was talking to Scott about that. And um, I was telling him, like, sometimes, like, I feel like it's me, like, my body's the problem, like, my body is the thing that has failed. And to be honest, everything, like I said, I've been seeing doctors and everything is coming back clear. And actually, all of Scott's health is clear, too. So, the answers we're getting from doctors is that this was just something that happened. We just got really unlucky twice, which doesn't feel very comforting. Um, But when I was talking to Scott, I was like, you know, I, for a long time, I think I have carried that it was my fault somehow that like my body failed in doing what it was supposed to do. Um, We've been learning so much about how pregnancy actually happens and like what the body does to create that environment for a pregnancy and how it determines if pregnancy, if, if an embryo is viable and not, and all of these things, it's, it's amazing what our bodies do without us even knowing, without us even clocking it. Um, but I think that's something that I'm still working through and I have a wonderful counselor and an amazing husband and great friends and, um, some people that I listen to and learn from in podcast and such. And so I think that that's one area where I have felt like I failed, but in this situation, the way that I'm moving forward and what it means for me is I'm having to reorient, um, what success is and what it's not, where responsibility is and where it's not. And like I say, I feel like almost every time I get to talk to Jess you like on these episodes is like, we're in the middle. We are still very much in the middle of our story. It is not 
an utter and complete failure, even though there's grief and loss there. So that's one that I'm still in the middle of working out and understanding and unwrapping and kind of uncovering. But that is something that I I think if I were to say, honestly, what has felt the most like a failure, I think that has been an area that has been a challenge for me. And maybe for you, it's something kind of like that too. Like it's not that you missed a whole portion of your final exams. It's that there's something like deeper where you feel like you are the failure, something in you or about you is the failure. And I can resonate with that. And it's not lovely and it's not nice, but um, I also think it's not true. So I'm just kind of having to learn how to orient through that and how to know what is true. And I think I talked about that in May's episode, this whole idea of shame off of you, like just identifying where there's guilt that I'm carrying that I should not be and where there's shame that I'm carrying that I should not be Um, and being bold to say like that does not belong to me that is not mine therefore I will not carry it any further so I kind of think that's where I'm at with those failures and some of those are funnier and some of them are like not funny at all but I think that would be my answer to the failure question okay you guys thank you for listening to me for so long. I hope that you feel like this has been encouraging. If you have had your cherry Coke with me, I hope it was delicious. And I'm excited for what comes next. Like I said, I have some fun things in store for the podcast. I probably will put out a survey at some point because I need your ideas and feedback to know how to make this place better because I want us to build it together. So just keep an eye out for that. Maybe there will be an incentive, some kind of gift card or something for if you complete the survey so just keep an eye out for that on Instagram and then I will be talking to you soon in some really fun guest episodes you're gonna love next week's and there's just a lot really exciting that's up ahead 